It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, what's going on, guys? Bill Rossetti back with you guys here on another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Wrapping up another week. Hope you guys have had a good one. And we are less than a week away. Feels good to finally, uh, finally start saying that. Six days away from the start of the 2020 NFL draft. I couldn't be more excited. I am ready for it to be here. Uh, we're, of course, going to continue our uh, draft previews. We've looked at most of the offense so far. Uh, today, we're going to touch a little bit on the offensive line, and that'll wrap up the week. And then again, like I said, uh, next week, we're going to do defense. We'll do D-line on Monday, uh, linebackers on Tuesday, and defensive backs on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we'll kind of wrap it up with one final preview of the draft, uh, possibly a mock draft from myself, or one final mock draft from myself. And then, of course, next Friday, we'll finally have a player to talk about as far as who the Panthers actually took in the first round. But before we uh, get back into the draft, uh, I do want to touch on Christian McCaffrey's contract because Christian McCaffrey, of course, officially signed his contract on Thursday. So it is all set. McCaffrey is signed now for the next six years. Of course, it was reported earlier in the day, but now we actually have numbers on over the cap to look at. So we're going to we're going to take a look at that. So uh, it is a four year, sixty four million dollar contract extension. That was, uh, you know, what we what was previously reported. So the 16 million average makes him of course the highest paid uh, NFL running back in history um, and we'll talk about how the numbers are spread out here uh, according to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk about thir- a little more than 30 million dollars of the contract is fully guaranteed at signing he also gets a 21 and a half million dollar signing bonus he, uh, 21 and a half million dollar signing bonus uh, his base salary this year of Eight hundred twenty-five thousand dollars and about uh, seven seven point seven million of his twenty twenty-one salary are fully guaranteed. And really, we might as well say almost thirty million is guaranteed because uh, the one of the details is also that if McCaffrey is on the roster on the fifth day of the twenty twenty-one league year, so that would be March March twenty-second. Of next year, about 8.1 million of his 2022 base salary becomes fully guaranteed, and I think the odds are pretty good that Christian McCaffrey is going to be on the roster uh, in 11 months from now. So you might you might as well say about 30 million of his of his contract is guaranteed. So the way it breaks down now uh, is this. So again, he gets his base salary this year of $825,000. His cap number is going to be a little less than $7.8 million because you also tack on his, uh, the cap charge from the signing bonus, uh, which is about almost $7 million. He previously had about 
2.3 million from the previous contract and now with the new contract and the new signing bonus you add 4.3 million to that cap charge because it's a 21 and a half million dollar signing bonus so that spreads out over the first five years of the contract because when it comes to uh, spreading out the signing bonus you know obviously you see contracts longer than five years here and there but the signing bonus only applies to the first five years of the contract so when we get to the final year there actually is no cap charge for the signing bonus so 21 and a half million which works out to a 4.3 million dollar cap charge for each of the first five years and again that's on top of the previous cap charge he already had on the signing bonus of about 2.3 million dollars so his cap number for 2020 is about 7.8 million dollars and then in 2021 he'll have a base salary of about a little over eight million dollars where about 7.7 million of that is currently guaranteed at least according to the chart on over the cap his total cap number for 21 is going to be about 12 and a half million dollars then in 2022 like we said um 8.1 million of his 8.4 million dollar base salary becomes fully guaranteed on March 22nd of next year. So we might as well say that's guaranteed. His total cap number is 12.9 million dollars. And keep in mind too that these, and it's something I discussed when we talked about the contract, um, using over the caps projections as far as the uh, total salary cap goes, these numbers are only going to work out to about between at least 21 and 22, he'll count uh, 5.8 and 5.7% of the Panthers' projected total salary cap. So that's not too bad at all for a running back. Um, his, his cap numbers do jump up in 23 and 24 because his base salaries those years will be $11.8 million. So his total cap number will be $16.3 million in those years. But even at that... Uh, that only counts 6.8% and 6.4% respectively of, and again, these are the projected salary caps. So it's like I said before, uh, with the way the salary cap is going to rise, I didn't think these numbers were going to be uh, a huge dent in the Panthers' salary cap. So these are still small numbers. Uh, and then 2025, if he does make it to the end of the uh, the end of the contract, or the final year of the contract, he's due a $12 million base salary, and then you tack on his $200,000 workout bonus, which he also has in uh, each of the last five years of the contract, so starting in 21. So his cap number is $12.2 million. Now, you know, we're going to talk about potential outs as well, too, because you always see those in contracts. Uh, the first potential out really would be after the 2022 season or at least the offseason into the 23 season because the Panthers could get out of the contract and they would save about 7.7 million dollars uh, against the cap and then uh, 2024 they would actually save 12 million dollars against the cap because again those uh, last basically the last three years of the contract uh, his his salary is not guaranteed you know, you just have the the dead money from the the signing bonus, those cap charges. So, obviously, it's very early to talk about outs, but 
Um, if it does come to it, there is there is an out for the Panthers heading into the 2023 season when McCaffrey would be 27 years old. So this is still you know a good contract. They could probably they're they're probably going to end up reworking this contract. I'm sure at uh, at some point, even with McCaffrey, because you know even at the end of the contract, he'll be 29. So you know, he'll still get a shot at uh, one more contract. Obviously, this is going to be the big one. But like I said, I I imagine at some point, maybe in the middle of the contract, they are going to rework the contract somehow. But that's how the numbers break out. So, um, again, for 2020, just starting with this year, his cap number is a little less than $7.8 million, which is only going to count about 4% of the of the total salary cap for the Carolina Panthers, at least in terms of uh, cap numbers, uh, you know, where he would rank among all the Panthers. He still has uh, six players ahead of him with a higher contract. Kwan Short, of course, is leading the charge with almost $19.5 million in cap charge. Luke Keekley, um, you know, is still on the board. They haven't actually... Uh, officially done anything with him transaction wise so right now he's still on the board um if eventually that number they're, they're probably i imagine they're probably waiting until after june 1st uh if they do it would actually save 10 million almost 11 million dollars actually against the cap um it would leave 4.7 million in dead money so likely that's what the panthers are doing with luke keekley's waiting till after june 1st to actually move him to the reserve list uh, to get that cap space, uh, or they'll just you know move him and just designate it as uh, post June first. Then you've got Teddy Bridgewater is going to count fourteen million against the cap. Russell Okung about thirteen point two million. Matt Paradis counts eight point eight million, and Robbie Anderson will count eight million dollars uh, against the cap this season. And then you get to Christian McCaffrey at 7.8, Shaq Thompson 7.2, and then no one else has a cap number over $5 million. Steven Weatherly actually is next at a little over $4.5 million. So uh, as of now, just kind of touching quick too on other things with the salary cap, uh, the Panthers right now have almost $36.5 million, about $36.3 million dollars in dead money and like I said once they actually move Luke Keekley over there that's going to tack on about 4.7 million in dead money again this is assuming they make him a post June 1st designation which they likely will so they can get the almost 10 million dollars in uh, salary cap space but right now so even using that that's going to put the Panthers at um Almost 41, a little over $41 million uh, in dead money. I mean, they've got two guys that are counting over $9.5 million against their cap that aren't even on the team. And one of them hasn't played in a couple years, and that's Matt Khalil. He's still on the books for $9.8 million against the cap. Uh, and then Trey Turner, after they traded him to the Chargers, counts about $9.6 million against the cap. Eric Reed actually has a $5 million dead money charge against the Panthers. Greg Olson's at about $3.7 million. Dontari Poe, $3.3 million. Cam Newton, $2 million. Mario Addison, $1.5 million. 
And then small numbers, but still on the list. Jarius Wright, about 666,000. Rashawn Golden, about 423. And Colin Jones is counting about $200,000. So that's that's where the Panthers kind of stand right now uh, with the salary cap. Um, and for those thinking, you know, what they could do with uh, someone like Matt Paradis, um, if they make him a pre-June 1st cut, they actually would lose 400000 in cap space, but they could save $5 million this year in cap space if they make him a post-June 1st cut. Um, so just kind of throwing that out there. But um, other than that, they're probably just about set with... Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll dive into this a little more, but that's kind of... Um, I mean, he would maybe be the most likely cap casualty if it comes to that, but... I mean, I don't see them moving on from Paradise this year. Next year, maybe. Because, again, if we look at Paradise, I think they could save a decent amount of cap space uh, in 2021. They would actually they would actually save almost uh, $5 million if they cut him after next season. So, we'll see what happens. But, um, again, like I said, those are just the numbers for... Uh, for Christian McCaffrey's contract now that we actually have them the deal is officially signed so we are ready to roll now with uh, with Christian McCaffrey we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed so with those happy thoughts in mind, uh, let's go back into the draft. Let's let's talk about the offensive linemen. Again, just kind of some quick thoughts. Um, obviously, we know the big four here. Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, Makai Becton. Really, that's just kind of a, a what, what's your flavor? You know, do you want the, the big body of Makai Becton or, you know, some of the SEC guys and Wills and Thomas? Wirfs is kind of the more... A versatile guy. Some kind of think he can play guard as well, but uh, at this point, all four of them are probably going to go within the top ten or eleven picks, whatever, whatever the case may be. There's been people saying though that uh, you know I saw a tweet from Ben Albright thinking that there's going to be at least six offensive tackles uh, in the first round. So the question becomes, who are the other two to get to six? Uh, my gut says one of them is going to be Josh Jones. Uh, I think he's got a shot to go in the first round. And then the other is probably going to be one of, or maybe both of these guys go in the first round and we get to seven, um, but probably between Austin Jackson and uh, Isaiah Wilson of Georgia. I mean, you can end up with uh, two guys from Georgia, two, or two Georgia offensive tackles, both going in the first round because there's been some buzz that Isaiah Wilson can get in there. Uh, Ezra Cleveland could be a first-round guy as well. Um, I, I I think you're going to see a run on offensive tackles here at the top. And then if you don't get some of those top guys, uh, then you could be looking at guys like Lucas Niang, who's an intriguing guy at the TCU. Prince Tegawanogo out of Auburn is another uh, fascinating day-two option. I like Matthew Part 
out of UConn. I got to see him and talk to him a bit at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I think he's uh, a really good-looking right tackle. I think he uh, is a really good run blocker, 6'7", 310. Uh, ben Barch, the kid out of St. John. I mean, you know, we've heard a story of how he gained so much weight so that he could play off an offensive line. I mean, what was it, 70 pounds just by eating all those uh, wonderful smoothies, uh, among other things. But Barch at the Senior Bowl showed he belonged with the big boys. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Excuse me. It wouldn't be surprise me if he cracks uh, the second day. He cracks the top 100 picks. Uh, Shadik Charles of LSU. I mean, uh, you go through the almost all the the LSU offensive line. I mean, you've got four guys there that are going to get drafted because you've got both guards are looking in good shape right now too. With uh, with of course. Damien Lewis and um, excuse me, Damien Lewis and Lloyd Cushenberry. So, you know, we uh, LSU obviously really prime with really prime with talent. You know, even going to the interior guys now. Of course, Cesar Ruiz is the top center, but then Lloyd Cushenberry, kind of that versatile guy, uh, and then like I said, Damien Lewis also uh, a really interesting option there's even two guys also from the state of louisiana uh the raging cajuns of louisiana they've got a couple guards that i really like as well and we've kind of pegged these guys as potential panthers options uh if they're look if and when or i should say when they attack the interior line you're looking at robert hunt potentially a third round pick and then his buddy uh kevin dotson who you know, some people have talked about as the best player that did not get invited to the scouting combine. So, uh, really curious how teams view him if he ends up getting drafted. Um, but you know, so those are a couple good guard options. Uh, Matt Hennessy, we've touched on him a little bit. Obviously, there's the Temple connection. Uh, Matt Rule recruited him to Temple and and coached him for a year. So, it wouldn't surprise me at all if. Maybe in the in the third round, Hennessy ends up being the guy there. Uh, Jonah Jackson is another possibility there out of Ohio State. Tyler Biedaz of Wisconsin. Uh, Natane Moody, I think, is uh, is a guy that's starting to get a little bit of buzz out of Fresno State. Uh, ben Breedison, too. I mean, look, Ben Breedison, very versatile guy. He's... Definitely one of the better centers in this class. Doesn't feel like he's getting as much love as he should, but um, I'm. I, I think he's a he's going to be a really good mid round option. He's going to be a good center for some team. Uh, Shane Lemieux, a, a pretty solid guy. John Simpson out of Michigan. Logan Stenberg out of Kentucky. There's some. Uh, like I said, there's some interesting guys, especially in the uh, the interior here. Uh, all, all throughout the board. So I, th I think there's definitely a bunch of spots where uh, the Panthers are going to attack this position. Again, I think it, they're going to more so attack the interior offensive line rather than the offensive tackles. You know, because I, I don't necessarily think, you know, they, they might take one later, maybe as like a, a future guy. Um, you know, there was the early buzz when this whole process started that maybe offensive tackle was going to be an option with the seventh pick but then of course they went and traded for Russell Okung but you're still probably going to need somebody unless the Panthers feel that 
Greg Little is eventually going to be the option. If they feel he can stay healthy enough and stay consistent enough that he can be the left tackle of the future, or maybe you shift Taylor Moten over there. Because like, like we talked about the other day, I mean, the, the next contract extension likely coming up for the Panthers is Taylor Moten. And the question becomes, do you continue to keep him at right tackle or do you eventually move him to left tackle? And then, like I said, a guy like Greg Little, what do you do with him? You know, are they confident enough that he can play one of these spots or are they going to go out and get one of these tackles in the draft? And then, like I said, when you move inside, the Panthers almost have to address uh, the interior line, whether that's uh, on day two, like I said, with guys like Cushenberry or Hennessy, whatever the case may be, or um, or maybe on day three with a guy like Damien Lewis or Moody or Bredesen, whoever. I mean, there's options all throughout the board. Even even later in draft, like I said, Kevin Dotson is an intriguing guy. Solomon Kidney out of Georgia. Tyree Phillips of Mississippi State. So they're, they're going to have options all throughout the draft, I think. So I'll be really curious um, at what point of the draft they actually do go ahead and address the interior offensive line. Um, if, if I had to pick one for the Panthers, look, I'd, I'd be cool with a guy like Matt Hennessy. Again, there's there's the Temple connection. You know, he, he knows Matt Rule. Uh, again, Matt Rule is the guy that brought him to Temple, and Hennessy has a little bit of versatility. I think they can run him a guard to start, and if they want to eventually move him to center to replace Matt Paradis, they can they can definitely do that. So, you know, it just continues to give them options, especially with a guy like Dennis Daly still around. You know, if they feel Dennis Daly can play guard, then plug him in at one of the guard spots and let Hennessy develop behind Paradis. And then eventually Paradis, I guess I can take over, or uh, Hennessy, excuse me, can take over for Paradis as the starting center. So some different options. And again, it's a lot of it is based on how confident the, the team is in guys like Greg Little and Dennis Daly. So I'm excited to see what they do with this position and and how they address it. Like I said, offensive tackle, you know, maybe they go after one in the in the mid to later rounds. Uh, I've I've pretty much ruled it out at the at the seventh pick because I, I think it has to be defense, which we'll touch on next week but interior offensive line obviously it's a position that they they really need because you've got two spots now that you got to figure out what you're going to do you got to replace trey turner and you got to replace greg van roten somehow so again that could come from dennis daly that can come from uh, one of these draft options so i'm excited to see what they do and like i said it's not much longer now uh by this time next week we will be uh we'll be discussing the new first round pick of the Carolina Panthers so I'm I'm all for it is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy either way join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So that'll 
that'll wrap it up, I think, here for for this week. Like I said, next week the plan is to touch on some of the defensive prospects and then uh, one final draft preview on Thursday. And then, of course, Friday we'll talk about the player that they actually took and preview days two and three. So I'm going to head out of here. As always, thank you much. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in. As always, really appreciate it. Hope you guys have yourselves a good weekend. Uh, Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you Monday when we do it again right here on the Locked on Panthers podcast. Until then, Bill Rossetti signing off. See you Monday. Take care. I am out, and have yourselves a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.